to dive into what does it really mean to flow in the Spirit. <clears throat> we talk about that a lot in our church. We're a church that flows. We want to flow. We want to, we want to go where the Lord is leading. But what does that really mean? We can say a lot of things and we can say it, but what does it actually mean in practice? And I'm not talking about works and do this or do that, but like, what does it look like in our lives, not just in a corporate environment like a church, but what does it look like in our lives to flow in the Spirit? What does it look like? Uh, and I'm excited to share this. This is something that I feel like I've been really pouring into. Like, Lord, what does this mean for me, for Cherie, for our kids, for our family, for my job? All these, all these different things. And over the last month or so, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We know that He's our advocate, our helper, our standby. He's there to help us, to guide us, convict us. A few weeks ago, I talked about the power that exists in the Holy Spirit. That it's dunamis power, dynamic power, dynamite power. Power to heal the sick, the lame, to set captives free. And that we have that power living inside of us. We just need to activate it. So we know that's who the Holy Spirit is. He's our helper. There's power there. So you often hear people talking about, oh, they flow in the Spirit so well. You hear that, right? Oh, that church, that church flows. They know. What does that mean? Every Every person could probably have some sort of a different definition of what that might be. I mean, if you were in a more traditional church flowing in the Spirit, it might be like, whoa, we sang four songs instead of three songs today. We sang a hymn that wasn't in the hymnal, right? That could be an example of flowing in the Spirit to somebody. Others, it could be, wow, we had the flags going and everybody was jumping around and dancing, right? Like everyone could have a slightly different definition of what flowing in the spirit means so i'm going to bring it back to the word and what the word says about what it truly means means to flow in the spirit and i want to talk about three different things so why it's so crucial to our walk with the lord why it's so important for us to flow in the spirit why is it important in our churches today and i'll, I'll dive into that a little bit more and talk a little bit more i know i mention this often but about the vision and the mission of glory church and why we're here and how do we learn how to flow? And yes, I'm going to say learn because it is something that we have to learn to do. Amen. It is not, so, I mean, it's something the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us when we accept Jesus. But we have to learn what it means to tap into following His leading, to flow in the Spirit. Ephesians 1.14 says, The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. The Spirit is God's guarantee. So we know the Holy Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased to be to us to be his own people. Remember in, in the beginning of Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells his disciples you will be witnesses into all the ends of the earth, right? He lists off a few different places. So that's his guarantee for us, that he will give us the inheritance. He also said the Holy Spirit brings power. We know that when we have the Holy Spirit, that's our inheritance too. We have that power living in us. And that he has purchased us to be his own people. 
So when we talk about flowing in the Spirit, it's stepping into that guarantee. It's stepping into that inheritance. So I want to talk about three things about what it really, how we think about and how we truly flow in the Spirit. And the first part is something I talked about during prayer. Number one, it takes an entire body. It takes an entire body. Oftentimes in our churches today, people come in on a Sunday morning, and I, I'm, I'm not talking about our church, I'm just talking about in, in a lot of churches today, people come in on a Sunday morning, and they just sit and they wait for their pastor to tell them what to do. And I, 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 I love the ability to stand up here and be able to share with y'all. But we are a community. I am no more important than any other person in this room. I get the privilege to stand up here and share what the Lord has put on my heart. But it takes an entire body. It takes an entire community, right? Often they say it takes a village. Oftentimes it feels like that to raise children. Uh, but it, it takes an entire body. If you're coming to church on a Sunday and you're waiting for Cherie or myself or any of our leaders in the church to give you all the things the Lord's supposed to give you, you're looking in the wrong place. The Lord will use people to speak into your life. That is 100% true. But if you are looking for one person or a group of people, maybe it's not me, maybe it's somebody on social media, somebody on Instagram that you follow, that you're waiting for them. Oh, just give me a word. Give me something. You're looking in the wrong place. We all need to come together and bring who God has created each one of us to be, right? He doesn't say he creates all of us to be pastors. No? Right? He calls those to be apostles, teachers, right? Pastors, evangelists, right? We all don't have the same calling, right? But we all have things that the Lord has put inside of us that allow us to flow in the Spirit. It takes an entire body. If you are expecting for somebody to pull on the anointing strong enough that you're just going to be able to grab hold of it, it takes you and everyone collectively coming together. And when it happens, it's a beautiful thing. Man, it's powerful. It's powerful. When it happens, you have situations where the Lord talks about butterflies to four or five different people because we're connected as a community, as a body. That's why it's so important to be plugged in with a community. Nowadays, you can watch church online. And I have no qualms with streaming or watching church online. But if that is the only way that you are connecting with God is through your TV screen, you are missing out on the opportunity to be enriched by a community. Right? I, I, I am the first one to tell you, I love listening to sermons, podcasts, different things like that. But that's just on top of what the Lord is already showing me individually in my quiet time, what the Lord is showing me as a community. We have these incredible conversations on Thursday nights. And I walk away learning more from those conversations. I'm like, oh, that's incredible. I would have never picked up on that insight. I read the same passage of scripture and missed all of those things that this person saw. 
That's what it's about. Flowing the Spirit as a community means that everyone brings their supply. Everyone is plugging in. Everyone is plugging in. It's like the world's longest power strip. You can plug in. Or you can't if you choose. You can come to church and you can sit and you can hear a sermon or you can hear worship and go, wow, that was, that was great music. But what happens when you let your guard down and you allow the Holy Spirit in to move and stir? And you know what? I, I, will, I will say, for a lot of people, that can be intimidating. That can be scary. What do you mean I don't have control? What do you mean I can't turn it off when I want to turn it off? I was bawling like a baby in the front row. And I'm thinking, how am I supposed to get up there and preach if I'm crying the entire time? Lord takes care of that. But I had that thought, right? Like, I, 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 am, I don't have control right now. I couldn't control it. And oftentimes, as a community, we want to always, we come together, we want to make it look like we've got it all put together. That there's nothing going on. That there's no issues, no challenges. But that's why the body is so critical right paul talks about the body of christ and its importance in first corinthians right we all bring a supply just like a body i've shared this before but there's got to be a thumb you ever hurt your thumb you ever you ever had like a a a thumb or a, a fingernail that gets like bent back or pulled back or you clip it too short and then everything you touch hurts you ever had that where you're like Ooh, ouch. When I worked in Target stores, I, I handled a lot of cardboard. And in the winter in Minnesota, it's very dry. So I would get these little itty bitty cuts right on the end of my thumb. Anybody ever had those before? I'm sure several people have. Everything you touch, you're like, yo! It's a cut that's a centimeter long, but it hurts because that part of the body is important. You'll use it more than you think. So as a community, as a body, all of us have a purpose. No one is here or where they are by accident. They are there on purpose. And it's important. And I think if our churches today saw this and understood that everyone brings something to the body, our churches would be thriving. But for some reason in our culture today, we've created this, I come, I participate from afar, I leave. And that was never how church was meant to be. I shared this on Thursday. I don't think in the early church, everybody came to a house and sat and stared at Peter waiting for him to say something. I don't think they did that. They Exactly, they brought their supply. They encouraged each other. Whoever had something shared something. So it's, it takes an entire body. The Holy Spirit wants to move so freely in a meeting, whether that's here at church, in your home, on a Tuesday night in corporate prayer, but it takes us allowing Him to move freely. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3-4 through 4 says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit binding yourselves together with peace for there is one body 
and one spirit, just as, you, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. So the same Holy Spirit that is in me is the same Holy Spirit that is in Kenneth Hagin, the same Holy Spirit that is in Rodney Howard. Insert whoever you want. The same Holy Spirit that lives in us is the same Holy Spirit that lived in Peter or Paul. God is the same. So we don't have to think, wow, they've got to, they know how to flow. They know how to... No. They just know how to bring their supply. Whatever that is. Laura's incredibly gifted on the piano. She brings her supply, and we all get to partake in that. And we're so grateful for that. Chris and Steve are incredible with hospitality. They could make everything look perfect, beautiful. They bring their supply, right? All of us have a specific supply that we need to bring. And when we do that corporately, when we do that together, that's when we can go, whoa, whoa. The Lord also speaks to us differently. Some of you, he might show when he's, when he's talking to you, he might talk to you in very direct ways. Others, it might be a vision that he gives you. Ever, he talks to us differently. I remember listening, uh, for those of you who know who John Bevere is, he's a, a, a pastor that lives in Colorado. And he always would say, the Lord would say, start every conversation with me with son. And I would go, why doesn't he talk to me that way? Like, son, you need to do this. Like he was his son. And I, I felt like I had this moment a few years ago. It was like, that's how I talk to him. I don't talk to you that way. I don't need to talk to you that way. The Lord talks to you exactly how he needs to. Amen. So if somebody is like, wow, that person, get, man, they know how to prophesy. That's great. But they're tapping in to the gift that the Lord has given. And that they have a specific place within the body. Now, I want to tell you that oftentimes, though, we can get tripped up that, oh, because I, I don't prophesy a lot, I can't prophesy. That's not true. The Lord has given the gifts freely to everyone. Everyone. No, not just to certain people. Oh, so only certain people can pray that. No, 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 no. He has given gifts freely to everyone. But again, it takes us as a body coming together. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't have to have a title to be qualified to flow in the Spirit. You don't. Everyone can participate. Everyone. You don't need a special membership card. Once you know Jesus, it's something you can do. You need to be filled with the Spirit. I promise I will get to that. That's, that's probably next week. Being led by the Spirit is a gift that the Lord gives to us when we believe in Christ. It's a gift. It's a free gift. John 7, 37-39. This is Jesus talking. He says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow, flow from his heart. And then in parentheses in the New Living Translation, it says, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not entered into His glory. Rivers of living water will flow from His heart. Jesus didn't say, if you are a pastor, if you are evangelist, if you are an apostle, you will have rivers of living water. Everyone else just come and receive the water from them. No. He said, if you believe in Jesus, you will have rivers of living water flowing out of you. Right? 
He doesn't need, uh, you don't need a special title. Parents, you are a parent, right? Do your kids have to go, that is my parent, to receive from them? No. Some of the things I have learned the most in my life, I love, not from, have come from my parents, but also from other adults as a child. They weren't my parents. They didn't have a special title. They could still teach me, right? All of us, all of us, all of us, anyone, anyone, no, no precondition, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So all of us are qualified to flow in the Spirit. Not just at church, either. We put it in this box. We, as soon as we walk in that door, we can flow in the Spirit. As soon as we walk out back to our regular normal lives. No, that's not how it works. You flow in the Spirit when you wake up. You say, hey, Lord, good morning. What do you have for me today? I want you to go do this, this, and this. You go and do it. He's going to continue to give you more and more and more. But you have to plug in. You start your day that way. You finish your day that way. You check in throughout the day. Lord, what do you got? You have an important meeting at work? Lord, let me just flow through this. Give me the right words to say. You got an interview that's coming up that's important? I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the Holy Spirit talking than me. He's got a lot more power than I do. But it takes us coming together and understanding that we are all qualified to do that. So number one, it takes an entire body. Number two, it takes time. The word of 2022 and 2023, time, time. You cannot expect to come to church on a Sunday and be able to flow in the spirit if you haven't spent any time with the Lord since the last Sunday. You can't. You can't. If you want to be led and flow in the Spirit, it needs to be a part of everything you do. Everything you do. Everything. Right? You know, when, and I've used this analogy before, but when you're swimming and you're jumping into a lake, it's cold. If you're not spending any time with the Lord and you don't know how cold that water is, you're going to go, yeah, I don't know, not today. But if you've been immersed in the river all week, man, you're like, jump in. This is great. It's good. This is so incredible. It feels refreshing. But it takes us taking the time. It takes us taking the time. We need to be spending time in the river Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. So when we get to church on Sunday, we've been so drunk in the spirit all week that we walk in and we don't know which way is straight. Right? That's how it should be. And if all of us were to come together like that, come prepared, prepared, imagine what our gatherings would be like. Somebody would be prophesying. Somebody would have a word of knowledge. It wouldn't just be coming from one person. I, I, again, I am so privileged to be in this role as a pastor of Glory Church, but I can't build your relationship with Christ for you. I can't. I can give you 
resources I can share what the Lord has put on my heart to share with you. It takes you taking the time to know the Lord. You need to be spending the time there. Because the more and more time you spend with the Lord, the more and more you are sensitive to His Word and His voice. Right? How many of y'all have ever, ever had a dog? Most, some of you have had a dog, right? When you get a puppy, when they're a dog, you could, you could say their name and they wouldn't know what you're... They're like, what are you, you talking to me? Are you talking to me? I'm going to go chase after that stick or whatever. But as that dog spends more time with you and learns you, learns your voice, learns its name, now all of a sudden, and as you train it to hear your voice, some dogs, they know that if you have a hunting dog, they know the different tonations of a whistle. This type of whistle means retrieve. This type, because they've spent time with their master to understand which way to go. It's no different for us as people with the Lord. The more and more time we spend hearing His voice, listening to Him, being quiet enough and still enough to hear His voice, the, the louder and louder and louder and louder it becomes. Until, it, until it's not, was that the Lord? That's a weird thought. Am I supposed to do that? Until it becomes a, yeah, uh, where do I, what, do I, what do you need me to do? What do I need to say? Where do I need to go? But that takes time hearing him, spending time with him. It takes time with him. And we need to practice that. And yes, I say practice that because it is something that takes time to learn to do. Amen. If you talk to somebody who just met Jesus the other day, they're a brand new Christian. They wouldn't know what, they're, like they're still figuring that out. But if you talk to somebody who's in their 80s and they've been following Jesus their whole life, the stories they could tell, right? Because they spent the time. Our gatherings on Sundays should just be that. It should be an outpouring of what the Holy Spirit has been showing us in that quiet time, in that private time. And I want to remind you of this. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. He's going to lead you. But it takes you to do this. To follow him, to yield, yes. It takes you to be comfortable enough to go, I'm going to follow you today. I'm gonna and if you don't, he's gonna say, "Okay, yeah. I'll come back tomorrow. We'll try again, and we'll try again." And that's the beauty of it is, he will keep coming back to you yeah. every day, and then there's gonna be some days where you fail miserably, and you go, "I was in my flesh all day. I I have days like that, man. I, I go to bed and I'm like, what was that?" But you know what? His mercies are new every morning. So you can wake up the next day and be refreshed and recharged knowing that he's going to come back to you. And you say, good morning, Adam. Happy, happy Tuesday. Here's what I got for you today. Right? He craves for us to let him lead us and to hear his voice and to know him. The flow of the Holy Spirit never stops. It's like a mighty river. The Mississippi doesn't stop. It is flowing all the time. Now, there might be 
things that get in the way of it, but it's always flowing. It's always flowing. We go to the Boundary Waters often, and in between all the lakes, there's a lot of creeks, small rivers, and beavers like to wreak havoc up there. If you've ever had to canoe and go over a beaver dam, it is less than fun. But it stops the flow of the river. And that's the intent. The intent of a beaver is to build a dam, to build up the water, to make it easier for them to eat, to catch fish, whatever it may be. And we can put dams in our own life to stop the flow of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Again, it doesn't stop the flow. The Holy Spirit's still moving. But I would ask you, what things in your life are potentially stopping the flow for you? Because He wants you to jump in. He doesn't want there to be... He wants you to jump in and allow, you, allow Him to take you. To take you, right? To take you to new places. If you ever have tubed down a river, or even canoed down a river, you start in one place, you end in the other place, there's a lot of things that happen in between. You know your beginning and your end. All the things that happen in between are your own choice. You can stop, you can get out of your canoe, you can get off your tube, whatever. It's like our life. We know when we're born, we know we're going to die. What happens in between is up to us. The river's going to keep flowing. It's up to us whether we stay on the river. Galatians 5.16 It says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Flow in the Spirit. Allow Him to guide your life. By learning to flow in the Spirit, we release control of our lives and give it to Him. And this is where I want to talk a little bit. Releasing control can be hard. And in my opinion, and this is an opinion, it's the number one reason why churches struggle to flow in the Spirit. Because they have to give up control. They have to be okay saying, well, that wasn't what I expected today. And you know what? Part of the reason that they feel that way, that churches feel that way, is because folks sitting in the congregation go, well, that wasn't what I was expecting today. Right? Control in every aspect of our life, whether that's in church, whether that's with our kids, whether that's with our spouse, whether that's with our friends or our relationships, control is number one thing that will cause conflict in your life. If you have to have control of every area of your life, it will cause conflict. Exactly. It's the fear of the unknown. If you're vulnerable, if you allow that control to be gone, what could happen? But if you want to have a healthy relationship with anyone, you have to be okay sometimes saying, I give up a little control. Exactly. If you're married or in a serious relationship and you try to control every aspect of that relationship, it's probably not very healthy. It's not. Because you have to have such tight control over everything. And there are things that you need to control in your life. But there are things that you need to let go. And unfortunately, in churches today, we have fallen trap and victim to having to have service follow a specific pattern and that's all that we do and we don't ever go past that. Because if we go past that, what could happen? What would people think? And I want to tell you that this church will never be a church 
that doesn't allow the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do. Because that's what we're here for. We're not here just to sing good songs and and hear a 25-minute message and drink a cup of coffee and go home. That's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. I love coffee. I love music. I like to learn. But if I'm not here to feel the tangible presence of God and and to to give what He's been given to me, we're, we're not doing what He asked us to do. We're not doing what he asked us to do. So I would encourage you, release the control. Release the control in every area of your life. If you've got something that keeps you up at night because you're worried about how it's going to go, it's because you're controlling it too much. If you're running a business and you can't go to bed at night because you're worried about whether or not things happen, that di- you're, you're, you're trying to control it too much. You've got to trust that things are going to happen the way that it's supposed to. Exactly. It will shorten your life. Letting go of control can be scary, but it is so freeing. It's so freeing. When you let go of control, imagine if something in your life that you've been holding on to for a long time, and you let go of control of that, and you say, I give it to you, Lord. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. It allows us to walk in the freedom that Christ has already promised to us. That's our inheritance. Yeah. So we need to let go of control and jump in the flow. Yeah, that's right. Galatians 5.25 Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Yeah. That doesn't say in almost everything or some of every. No, it says in every. Every part of our lives. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. That means your finances. That means your relationships. That means all the different things that you have going on in your life. Let the Spirit lead you every part of our lives. Proverbs 16.9, many of you know this verse. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. The Lord determines our steps. Philippians 3.20. Eliza, don't feel like you need to keep up with me. I'm just rambling some off. Philippians 3.20. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are, we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. We're citizens of heaven. Yes. Citizens. What does that mean? That means that we have every aspect of the Spirit at our disposal. Citizens of heaven. Are you living as a citizen of heaven? Are you living like you belong in the heavenly places, co-seated with Christ? Co-seated, that doesn't mean that... It means you are sitting with Him on the same chair, next to Him, next to Him. When we do, when we know that we are citizens citizens of heaven, co-seated with Christ, we're letting go of control. We recognize our part in the body of Christ. We're spending the time with the Lord when we need to. We live with a heart of worship. All of that allows us to let go of the worries and the cares of our world and allows us to jump into the flow. So that means that when we're working, we give thanks. When we're shopping, we're aware of the Spirit. When we're at home, we're hearing from the Spirit. When we're at church, we're flowing in the Spirit. 
The flow of the Spirit never stops. It's always there for us to jump into, to be aware of, and to participate in. The question is, do you want to? Do you want to? I would think everyone's response in here would be yes. It requires us to be obedient. Giving up control sometimes in the most uncomfortable way. It takes time, practice to be aware of it. And you know what? You're not always going to get it right. You're not. You're not always going to get it right. You're, sometimes there's going to be times where you're like, man, Lord, I thought you were giving me that word for that person. And I said it and it seemed like it fell flat on its face. That was weird. Why? What in the world? But you never know how a word that you give today grows and grows and grows. And 10 years from now, it is full grown and ready for harvest, right? I'll never forget the times that I was was nine years old at Mark Harper's summer camp. First time that somebody ever prophesied that I'd be a pastor at nine. Here I am, nine years old, Graham's age, and somebody's telling me, when you're an adult, when you're a grown-up, that was a long time off, you know, you're nine. You're going to be a pastor. And then as I get older, 16, 17 years old, I'm at Go, a, 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 a event at our church in River Falls, Abundant Life with Go Ministries. Steve Munns calls me out of the crowd. You're going, to, you're going to be a pastor someday. I was 16. At 16, I'm thinking about what kind of car I'm going to drive. I'm not thinking about whether I'm going to be a pastor or not. And you know what? I didn't become a pastor until I was 33. So they shared those things, they said those things, flowing in the Spirit. And I could have said, all right, Mom and Dad, I'm leaving home, I'm going, and I'm starting a church. I didn't, though. But when the timing was right for the Lord, it happened. So you never know when you're flowing in the Spirit and the Lord gives you something, that might not be for right now. That could be for 10 years from now. That could be for 20 years. It could be for tomorrow. You never know. But it's, it's important for you to be obedient in those moments because the Lord gave it to you to share with that person because it needs to come from you. Absolutely. And I, I want to I share this because sometimes flowing in the Spirit can seem like a daunting thing. If you've never done it before and you're like, how do I do this? I've seen it witnessed in my, my entire life both from both of my parents and all of the different things, it can be scary if you've never done it before. But man, when you give and you give the Lord room and you start flowing and you know what He's speaking to you and you speak it out in every area of your life, you start saying who you are in Christ and that starts resonating with you and you start just speaking those things over your life and you start flowing and being obedient to what the Lord is trying to, leading you to do, what the Spirit of God is leading you to do, you'll become more and more aware of Him. Yes. More and more aware of Him. And we will be a church that flows in the Spirit here. That doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. We're going to do what the Lord leads us to do, not take over control. And that's who the, that's who the Lord has called this church to be. A place that can flow in the Spirit. Second Corinthians 3.17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Right? So we want that freedom in this house. 
that we want the Spirit of the Lord to flow through here, that there can be freedom for anyone that walks in here. We want the miraculous to happen in this place. We want people to come in here and go, whoa, did you hear, did you hear what's happened at Glory Church? Did you hear what God is doing at Glory Church? And that's not just here. We want that to flow into all the other churches in the St. Croix River Valley. We want that to flow into churches in Hudson and Woodbury and Prescott and Stillwater because that's what this is all about. It's about the body of Christ preparing to receive Him. And how do we do that? We spend time with Him. We bring our supply. We flow in the Spirit. So let's flow. Let's do it. Let's not get in our own way. Let's allow Him to do what He needs to do. What he needs to do. Not what any man wants us to do. What he needs to do. Not just here, but in every area. In our finances. In our government. What he needs to do. Not what we need to do. Amen.